time here on the program to talk with our great friend of KMA, Evelyn Berkby, on the program. Good morning, Evelyn. How are you? Oh, I'm fine. I'm just fine. Well, it's a great day. So glad to have you with us. And I believe we have Bob Berkby with us as well. Good morning, Bob. Good morning. I'm calling in from Seattle, Washington. Uh, we've been having incredibly sunny weather here for about a week, and today it looks like it's going to rain. So it's a good time to visit with KMA. Absolutely, and it's great to have you back with us. And uh, we're enjoying some sunshine here today. And um, we actually had some some snow there late last week. Did you see some of that, Evelyn? Some of what? Some of that snow there late last week. I did. Of course, I did. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, I have a secret. I, I like snow. <laughs> <laughs> it looks pretty and clean and white, and and it's it's lovely. It's lovely. Well, that's just great. And, uh, Bob, I understand today we're wanting to maybe look at some of the, the fun family stories from when the Berkby boys were kids, right? Well, we have... Sure. Uh, <laughs> we we both know some stories, my mother and I, and uh, and uh, my two brothers Jeff and Craig, uh, about growing up together. And we were thinking, you know, there there are uh, uh, some pretty fun things that happened over the years. One of them uh, that we were thinking about the other day, we had a salamander. His name was Sammy the Salamander. Mom, do you remember that guy? Oh, sure, I do. I do remember him very well. He was a cute little fella. And he'd get out of his pad on the porch and get in the bedroom and get in Craig's bed. Now, why it was always Craig's bed, I don't know. But he was lonesome, Craig would say. (laughs) So they'd make him be at home. And then pretty soon they put him back on the porch. But that was the story of the salamander, and he he was here uh, in my, our house uh, quite a while, quite a while. We we had a bunch of pretty interesting pets. We had a skunk named Sniffles, Sniffles the skunk, and he came to us from Don John or. Uh, the, uh, Mr. Johnson, the veterinarian in Sydney, somebody had dropped off this skunk, this baby skunk, and Doc Johnson had taken the the uh, scent glands out of it and uh, called us up and said, "I think the Berkbees need a skunk." And we had that we had that skunk for years. We had it for quite a while. <laughs> yes, yes, but one time. He got up the stairs from the basement where it lived most of the time. And it got in the study where the artificial, not the artificial, but the, the, uh, um, That's where I had my insect collections for biology class. Yes, there you go, there you go. (laughs) He came in and he ate my... He ate my uh, school project. <laughs> so, and the skunk ate, ate a lot of those insects. They were just hors d'oeuvres, weren't they? Jeff was so mad at him, I think. <laughs> he could have gotten rid of him immediately, but he didn't. And we had him a little bit longer. 
and then eventually he, he went up down. to Omaha to a school up there that had a kind of a zoo. Yes. And Sniffles made his home up there. And he liked that. He liked that. And I felt real sad about having to get rid of him. <laughs> we, uh, I, I remember one time you heard Jeff and Craig down in the basement and wondered what they were up to. This is when they were like first, second grade. And they shouted up that they were building a snake trap, which I'm sure as a parent causes alarms to go off a little bit. Uh, and the snake trap, it turns out, was a overturned box, and they had were holding it up with a stick, and they had a string attached to the stick. And then they were going to wait till the snake crawled underneath, and then they'll pull the string and drop the box on top of the snake, and then they would would have captured a snake. <laughs> so that's, that's sad, and I don't think that they caught a snake ever. Robert did one time. He caught a big bull snake out in the field. He liked bull snakes because they ate the uh, mice. Uh-huh. They were good at, at eating mice. Yes. And Robert liked this bull snake. <laughs> so he brought it in for the boys to see. Yes. I didn't let him let them keep it. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't let them keep it, no. We could could keep a salamander, we could keep a skunk, but we couldn't keep a six-foot-long bull snake. Well, not for very long. (laughs) Not for very long. You know, that that backyard where, uh, uh, just near that field where he caught that snake, we were... I remember we were always out there with projects, and one time uh, the project, I think this is more Jeff and Craig, uh, decided to dig a tunnel. And so they started digging a hole, and you were, you were watching over, over several days while they worked on this hole in the backyard, and not too concerned because with one shovel and two kids, they weren't, weren't making much progress, but then all the neighborhood kids showed up with their shovels. And after a while, the hole was deep enough that people disappeared from the surface of the ground. And uh, you and Dad got a little concerned that maybe this thing was going to fall in on the kids. And and so distracted them with other projects, got them interested in an anthill nearby. Uh, I think there was a, a treehouse uh, that was near where the that hole was, became another project. So got them, got them busy with those things. Yes, yes. Well, we've had a very busy, active childhood. <laughs> and it just seemed like it went from one thing to another. And I couldn't I couldn't question it because it was a good childhood on their part. A good childhood. Well, you know, small towns and farms are great places for kids to grow up. And that you can just go out and do things as kids. And uh, I remember uh, you would sometimes help us make a lunch and send us off and say, be back in time for supper. 
and I don't think you had a clue where we were for the next five or six hours. And uh, with Jeff and Craig and I, we might be down at the creek. We might be up in a cornfield somewhere. Uh, could be out in the barn. Uh, and we'd, we'd always show up for supper. I, I remember one time Jeff threatened to run away from home. He was probably about six or seven years old, and he was going to run away from home. You helped him pack a lunch to take with him. Uh, so that he would have something to eat on his trip. And then you also told him that for supper you were making fried chicken. Do you remember that? Oh, yes. <laughs> what, did he, what did he do? What did he do? Yeah. Well, he decided he'd wait till another day's away. <laughs> yes. Yes. But the fried chicken idea... I think I got from my college psychology courses. <laughs> that was just a good thing to do. Just to bribe your children? <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, they had a good childhood. They had a good childhood. Well, you, we were also talking recently about uh, milking cows. And uh, the story came up about you when we were on the farm. Robert always milked the cows. You go out and visit with him, and one time he asked you to help, and you discovered that probably wasn't one of your strongest skills. Uh, but it led to talking about a recipe for old-fashioned cottage cheese and how it used to be made on the farm where the, when you wrote about this, your first instruction was go out and milk the cow. Uh, and then it was a process of, of putting the whole milk in a, in a big basin and letting it sour slightly until it starts to curdle a little bit, put those curds into a clean cloth bag, and hang it on a clothesline until it drains. And that was a way to make cottage cheese, and people would take it out and serve it with a little sugar on top or some salt and pepper or make it into a salad. We mix cream cream that had been put through the separator was so thick it probably made the spoon stand up by itself <laughs> and I'd put some of that cream on the cottage cheese to serve it which of course undid all the being low calorie food <laughs> because that cream was just wonderful. Yes. I had my coffee until I began to gain weight and decided that wasn't for me. <laughs> and I really, really enjoyed that cream. I used it in my coffee. I used it on my cereal. Well, I remember, too, even after we had uh, uh, cows of our own, <clears throat> we would go to the uh, to the county farm south of Sydney. Oh, and had, yes. And they they would sell, uh, sell cream in jars, in big quart jars. And <clears throat> the, the thickest cream... Uh, it, well, someone float to the top, but it was just incredibly rich, thick uh, cream that you could put on cereal, use in recipes. And uh, but yeah, I, I doubt that uh, dietitians would recommend as, as much of a diet of that as we had as kids. 
Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. Yeah. But we didn't know any better. <laughs> we really didn't know any better. But well, that, I, uh, that cream on the cottage cheese. Yes. Just was the the epitome. It was, it, it was perfect. <laughs> perfect. Well, Brent, any stories from your side of the microphone? Well, you know, you guys have pretty much stolen the show here. You've, I've been loving hearing all the stories uh, from the past, love the recipe, and we definitely wish you guys uh, the best. We'll talk to you uh, about this time uh, next month, and stay safe. And, Evelyn, you have a good day, okay? I always have a good day. Every day is a good day. Every day is a good day. That is true. And I am very, very proud to still have my wits about me. And I like that. Well, we're happy to have you always, anytime. And Bob, best to you, okay? Thanks so much, Brent. Talk to you next month.